This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Shane, we went to see our Blue Wahoos play last night, our minor league baseball team here in Pensacola that is a Miami Marlins affiliate. And they did a throwback that I want to know if you remember. So several years ago, State Farm did this commercial making fun of all of us in the independent channel. They had the old fishing guy holding a dollar out on the fishing line. You know, I'll say, oh, I saved you a dollar. I saved you a dollar. And they kept yanking. Do you remember this? I do. It ticked off every independent agent in the country. But yes, I remember it. So last night at at the Wahoos game, we actually had a local independent agent that embraced this and put the guy out on the field with his $20 bill on the end of his fishing line and let the kids chase it. And then, of course, the little kid that grabbed the $20 got to keep it. But I loved that he reached back in insurance history and grabbed something and brought it back. I've got a a range of emotions right now going through my head because I have this thing from what the independent agency associations did with that. They really, really kind of attacked, sent ugly letters. Maybe we asked for it because I think we probably did some things around captive agents and maybe we asked for it. I don't know. But there was a series of things during that time. And it kind of spanned for several years where a caveman can do it from Geico. So, you know, there was all these sort of very insensitive attacks against the whole advisor spectrum of you don't really need an insurance advisor. You can do it yourself. Or a state farm agent is so much more superior than anything else out there, which was kind of like, well, saved you a dollar fishing guy. I got a lot of emotions around this, actually, and I didn't realize I did until you brought up the story. So, so thank honesty you. wins. Yeah. But that's, that's our number one core value, honesty wins. Yeah. This was before I was in the industry, and mm. State Farm was one of my national clients at the time. Are you responsible for this ad? I am not responsible for that ad, but I am responsible for you hearing it and seeing it maybe as much as you did. So You were the distribution partner. Yes. Yes. And you were the one that put it on the radio a gazillion times a day. Right, making and sure that it was in the right time slots and making sure that the cost per point was correct. And yeah, yeah. so anyway, you know that was the, a national client of mine, but I understand the other side of it now. You know those places in your life where they're blackout moments, like you, <laughs> you just kind of, you didn't know they were there, you forgot about them, or maybe you put them to the side because they were really either emotional or very traumatic in your life, or you were just mad, you were really, really mad and angry, and you didn't even know they existed until something sparks it, like something brings it to the surface. You've been triggered. You just triggered (laughs) that anger and emotion from that ad. And I really thought they really missed an opportunity here because I think it was a different actor. But I really think that Henry Winkler... The guy looked a lot like, you know, the Fonz. He did. He did, did. didn't he? Am I right? Okay, so I'm not wrong on that. So if they could have just paid the extra money, I'm sure it would have been well worth it. And actually gotten Henry Winkler to play that character, but actually be the character from uh, The Waterboy, the coach. 
how much more memorable might it have been if it was instead of the unknown actor playing the the fisherman guy and it would have been actually the Fonz or the coach from the water boy playing the fisherman guy i just thinking in my mind that's immediately what what i went to was that dude looked a lot like henry winkler it was very offensive to the independent agency channel so what we should have done as the independent agency channel was actually hired henry winkler to represent us as the Fonz, and we're the cool guys see this is why i'm not in marketing (laughs) this is why i hire my weakness But it's so interesting when I talk to independent agents, especially our newer guys, they're really concerned with being perceived as the insurancy sales guy. Because if you go to a networking event and you lead with, I sell insurance, it is like rats scattering on a sinking ship. I mean, people run the other direction. It's like we're somehow we're on the same level as the sleazy used car salesman, but it's our responsibility to protect every asset they have worked hard for all of their lives. They don't understand the value, which is our job, right? We have to do better at being chief translation officers to our customers. I know exactly what agents are feeling. I understand that feeling. I've had that feeling in the past. And it's not, this is not a captive independent agency channel issue. This is an industry issue. It's an agency broker issue. I had a conversation the other day with a friend of mine, individual who's a a contractor. And the conversation was around, yeah, I need you guys to take a look at our insurance. I just feel like we're not doing something right. I feel like something's not, not where it needs to be. His comment was, knowing that I'm the insurance guy and a friend, it didn't bother him at all. And and of course, it didn't bother me, but I was thinking about it. Someone with not as thick of skin as I have might have taken it differently, but he was like, you know, insurance is just a means to an end for me. I have to have it to satisfy my contract. I think it is this mandate thing. So I immediately went to, I have to have it to satisfy my contract. And his particular contract was going into big mills and big factories and doing work in there. And of course, it's owned by this larger corporation. And of course, that corporation's contract has requirements, right? Insurance requirements. And they're usually really hefty insurance requirements. And so it's a reality that the natural thought is, is not, I need this insurance in place to protect my assets, to protect my business, to protect my livelihood, they immediately go, they being the customer, they can tend to immediately go to this mindset of they're forcing me to have this. They're mandating this of me. It's both an asset to the industry that insurance is so demanded. The entire concept of transfer of risk is what allows the economy to be able to run. If you bought a house and you had to get a mortgage, then what if the house burns and you still have the loan out there? And if insurance wasn't required by the mortgage company, then we would be in a bad spot as nobody would take out a loan. Nobody would go get a mortgage. Nobody would buy a house. The housing market would crash, et cetera, et cetera. And you just keep going down this this path. But that mandate gets turned around into this feeling. You want to be the provider. You want to be the risk advisor. 
And so I think we have to find ways to be better at this. We have to find ways to combat this and sort of rise above. So I don't take my business cards to any kind of networking event. And I quit doing that even before I joined this industry. I figured out if I was trying to give out business cards, it wasn't giving me the opportunity to focus on anyone else. The entire time that I spend at networking events, I am asking questions. I am getting to know people. I am paying attention to random things. I'm looking at men's shoes, looking at their belts, looking at accessories, looking at how they're put together. Not always, but a lot of times you can start to figure out what they need. And then when you start asking about their ball teams, you know, talking about football, talking about baseball, you can start to learn about what's important to them. I always ask the question, what do you do in real life? And I found that that question breaks the ice faster than anything else because nobody is themselves at a networking event, right? You're trying to cram all of this stuff in an hour and a half and you're usually in this strained setting that no one really wants to be there, but they think they have to be there, whatever. But I think by asking that question, what do you do in real life? It opens up so much information and lets people talk. And then I walk away with their information. First of all, I've never noticed another man's shoes, for the record. I don't remember ever noticing their belt. So this is new territory for me that, again, here you are triggering things. That's probably 100% true, but I realized how terrible I am at networking because I've never really actually done that. You're 100% right on this whole idea of you know, who are you when you go in to that event? Who are you when you have that interaction? It's kind of like the listening versus speaking kind of mindset, the two ears versus one mouth. If I'm going into a networking event for the purpose of selling something, then I am going to come across a certain way. If I'm going into a networking event or any event with the idea of building new relationships, maybe starting new relationships, maybe meeting new people, I can train myself mentally to maybe do the opposite of what the expert says you're supposed to do. Just be yourself. I love not taking your cards to that, by the way. I think that's incredible. Even though you and I are not going to be on the same page with noticing what shoes they're wearing, I'm going to love the fact that you don't take your cards into the networking event. I just want that authentic nature to come out for people to want to do business with you because they like you. (laughs) I mean, wow, that's a crazy thought. Hey, I want to do business with somebody because I like them, because I respect them, because they're easy to talk to or whatever. But if I'm presented right off the bat with business card exchange or having to answer the question of I'm in the insurance business, then I immediately put myself into the stereotype environment. But if I'm in there and I'm just talking to them as a person, as a dad or a husband or another volunteer at the the ball field or whatever, then I kind of wedge myself into naturally that authentic conversation, which you don't have to try to do. You just do it. That's the other thing. You don't have to try to do this. It's very easy to talk about what you're comfortable with. It's very easy to talk about things that you are naturally comfortable with. Then what happens is, is when they find out you're in the insurance business, after sort of that initial relationship has been established, it doesn't feel the same way. 
maybe we just need to slow down. There's this hurried nature to networking. Like I got to get as many business cards and as many exchanges as I can within this short period of time. And I don't love that. That's just not my style. I would rather have 10 five quality conversations instead of 50. That's just me. And that feels better to me. So I want to go back to the shoes or boots and belt conversation. The first time that I came to visit in Huntington, I met both your brother and your brother-in-law. They both had on boots. They both had on their belts with their belt buckles their silver, probably Montana silversmith belt buckles. So I knew from having conversations and just first glance looking at them that they had something to do with livestock or shooting or rodeo or something just by looking at them before we ever had a conversation. I bet that if I had walked in and Todd would have had on a pair of full quill ostrich or a really shiny leather pointed toe cowboy boot, my initial conversation would have been different with him than him having on his square toed work boot. And so that's what I'm saying is I was able to make some kind of internal quick assumption on how to interact with him probably differently than if Todd had been wearing a suit and a brand new pair of shiny black ML Eddie custom boots. I agree. I think your assumption and your thought around that whole topic is right. Maybe me as an individual, I'm not as aware. And I think there's probably a lot of men out there that are probably the same way. They're not as aware. Maybe we need to learn something there. Yes, it does help you know a little bit about what kind of interaction you may have. To piggyback on that, it's really important for us to understand that. It's less important for you to try to become something you're not. I know this person maybe dresses a little different than me, maybe has a different approach than me, but my best opportunity to be successful is that I be me. Who I am is good enough and not try to become something because of someone else. I think that's actually what happens. And again, opinion my opinion is if I can see that that person's authentic, I don't care what they're dressing like, what they look like, all of that. If that's just who they are, like I respect that intensely. I love that. The minute that I stop meeting them with who I am and we find out that we communicate and we are maybe from different areas and then we get to learn a little bit about each other, I love that. That then as an insurance advisor, as a professional, you're going to win a lot of business by just being who you are. We go down these paths of being the opposite of authentic. Or what we think that person wants us to be. Yeah, or we, yeah, we, we try to be who we think they want us to be. You know, there's somebody out there listening. Yeah, Shane, but you can't judge a book by its cover. I always used to say that in my mind. Like, I always used to say, okay, you can't judge a book by its cover. You can't. And I used that phrase one night when my husband and I first started dating. And his response to me was, but that's what the cover is for. And that cover of that book is specifically what the publisher put together on how to present that book. And, and I think that how we choose every day to present ourselves to the world, that the cover is important. 
that's a choice that we make. It is way too much energy to try to be something you're not. Way too much energy to try to be somebody else. However, that said, softball is huge for you. And so for you and I to connect, and I know that softball is big for you, that I'm going to pull from my life experience of being an inner city softball mom for a group of girls who their moms weren't able to participate or they really didn't have moms to to be supportive of them and and being that inner city softball mom and traveling with those girls then that's going to be the part of the conversation of, of who I am that I would apply to if you and I were having a conversation to begin to network. I wouldn't necessarily pull my ballroom dancing experience because you and I aren't going to connect the same way with that. So yes, absolutely be your authentic self, but pull the parts of who you are that are going to connect with the person you're talking with. There's a lot of truth in what you're saying there. You can draw on that experience to connect, yes. But if you try to fake your way through that because you find out that I like an interest and you're like, well, I know a little bit about this interest because I read an article once, not your experience of actually doing what you did and serving in that capacity, but you read an article. So you try to have that conversation and then you use words like, oh, how did the game go? How many points did they score when we're talking about softball or baseball and you use the word points? Well, you're dead. You're done. There's little things that get you in trouble that we talk about. I could do the same thing. I hope I don't do the same thing, which is talk outside my comfort zone. Talk outside my knowledge zone. Comfort zone's the wrong word. Knowledge zone. Because now I'm trying to get into their world without knowing anything about their world. And now you're kind of marketing outside your lane, so to speak. And I know, I get it. People are going to say, well, what do you, I can't market outside my lane. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you have to do it from a standpoint of, well, tell me about that. Tell me about that world. Let me understand that world. I want to learn because that's the other side of this is actually coming from a place of ignorance of I want to learn about your world because, hey, ask somebody about their world, find something they're passionate about, and then make sure you've got some time because they're going to talk to you about that for a while. And you're engaging. That's authentic to me. But you have to truly want to learn. Like I've asked you questions. We've had conversations around pageant or around dance. And I've asked those questions because I'm generally interested in trying to understand and learn. Not because I want to have a small talk conversation about the world of pageant. What I want to understand is there's a whole lot more to pageant than what we see on TV. And so that's what I've learned through these genuine conversations. It's not, oh, let me make Tanya feel good and have a conversation about pageant or, oh, let's talk about dance today so that, no, I don't know that world. I want to learn about that world. Why don't you tell me about that world from the inside out perspective? Now I'm authentic. I'm genuine. And that's really the point here that I'm trying to get to is we walk into these settings. We get this bad rap from the consumer or the business owner when they find out we're the insurance business because our industry has spent decades being price driven and sell, sell, sell based on I can save you money. 
And that's where we've got to watch ourselves. We've got to be better than that. I am going to give you my cool networking event tip. And that is the digital business card. I went on Canva, which if you don't have Canva and you own a business or you're starting a business, you need Canva. Canva is a free service unless you pay, I think, $12 a month for the pro service, which is every penny worth it. But I created a, call it my digital business card. And it has my logo. It has a little picture of me. It has my name, my phone number, my email, and it has my social media platform information. And if I do meet someone, I do connect with someone, I'll say, may I please send you my digital business card? And I will send them this picture this this graphic and now I have their phone number so I will say that has taken the place to me of a business card exchange and by being able by them giving me their phone number to send them my digital business card I have collected information but it doesn't have that same feel to it that exchanging an actual card does I didn't even know that existed. Do you need a digital business card? You mean Evidently, I do. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> because I didn't know they existed. I get excited about things like that and ideas like that. I'm getting a digital business card. There you go. And we might need to even do that for our folks on our retail side. Yeah, yeah. No, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> okay. So two-minute warning. You know, I'm on authenticity. I've been on that kick for a while. I think it's just so vital that we change the dynamic, the conversation around the insurance business, because we are so vital as an industry to the economy, to people's livelihoods, and protecting their assets. Unfortunately, the world of mandating things has made this conversation harder for us. The competitors like the fishermen and the State Farm commercial and ooh, I saved you a dollar and those kinds of things have twisted that conversation, which makes us have to work a little harder. But we're so vital. And I want to encourage agents out there that you are extremely important to the economy, but we need to change this conversation, price sensitive, sell, sell, sell mindset to this relationship advisor status. And we can still do that in volume. We can still do that and be extremely profitable as business owners. So I'm going to leave us with this. The only one who can tell you you can't win is you and you don't have to listen. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.